we really just had to embrace it. There was no, there was no if buts or maybes. It was like either it was essentially either make it work or shut the you know shut it down. Um, and at, you know after only being open for you know, seven months or whatever it was, eight months, um, you know there was there was there, there wasn't really a choice there. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Location, as they say, is everything. It can have an impact on the success and the perception of a restaurant, but it can also create challenges in a pandemic. When we speak of restaurants, we often refer to them as either being in the city and suburbs or regional restaurants. But there are many that sit on the periphery of our major hubs that are both or neither. Matt Binney is the chef and owner of Hartswood in Yarra Glen, Victoria. Matt, you thought you were on the outside of the zone with the second lockdown uh, in Victoria, but it turns out you've just scraped in and you've had to close down. What's, what's that been like? Hey, Huck. Uh, yeah, it's been quite challenging, to be honest. We, uh, you know, whenever you have anything delivered out here, you, uh, you know, you always collect those regional surcharges. Um, so, you know, we were... We were hopefully optimistic, I guess, uh, about being just far enough out that we could avoid uh, avoid the shutdown. Um, but you know, we are in a fairly large shire as part of Yarra Ranges, um, so unfortunately, we didn't quite uh, we didn't quite get outside that. What's been some of the challenges of this period? This is the second lockdown, but you are in a regional area um, compared to your um, colleagues in you know the CBD. What's been some of the challenges in this period? Well, I guess you know the Yarra Valley, especially, is a is a is a massive tourist area, area and um, you know so we're quite reliant on that um, to to make a make a venue viable, make it work. Um, you know, weekends when there are people out here are huge. Um, you know, so you know you're really sort of driving that. Um, I guess this second lockdown has sort of really highlighted. Um, you know how how reliant we are on the local community and really developing, you know, the product that we have. Um, and I think we've been very fortunate with the amount of support that we've, that we've received. Um, everyone's, you know, everyone out here um, is so is, is so community focused. Um, they really get get behind you when you when you when you've got a good product. Um, you know, they're very passionate about their local industry and their local area. And you know, when you um, you know, when you when you've earned their trust, when you've you know you've spent a little bit of time here. I mean, we're only still relatively new. Um, you know, they they really do they really do get behind you, um, and it does it does help when you um, you know being a relatively small town when you start to to learn all their names, um, you know, all their faces, their coffee orders, um, you know, their preferences, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, engagement's been a, a massive part of us um, being successful. Um, I think as far as challenges are concerned, I mean, you don't have, you just don't have the, the sort of the foot traffic that you have um, in town, or what we call in town. Um, you know, people, people out here you are, you know, because we are sort of 15 to 20 minutes from, from you know, sort of larger built up areas. Um, you know, this second lockdown highlights how, how important it is to really, um, you know, give, give the locals what they want. Um, Hence why we've, um, when, when all this sort of kicked off, um, 
we decided that we would change our, our menu, our offering uh, every week, new theme. Um, so, you know, we put out a poll um, early in the week, um, you know, give people a choice between two cuisines. Um, you know, I've cooked in um, a, number of, a number of restaurants, um, you know, over the years. So, you know, we do an, a menu inspired by a different country, um, you know, every week and we sort of really gave people the option as to what they what they wanted. So, you know, we've done, you know, versions of Thai and Mexican, Indian, you know, um, obviously French, Italian. Um, this week's Israeli, um, you know, so we've really mixed it up and it's also given people the opportunity to, to try some new stuff. You know, there was a lot of trust building at the start. Um, you know, we obviously, um, you know, had to offer burgers and things like that as well um, from the daytime sort of takeaway menu just to, just to appease Pays a few, but um, but now that we've sort of garnered that trust, um, we're you know we're probably doing um, you know between twenty and thirty pickups uh, on a Friday, uh, and the same again on a Saturday. Um, so yeah, it's you know it's been a lot of work to get us there, but um, you know that's that's something that we you know now look um, to as we look towards the future. That's something that may may hang around for quite a long time. Um, I feel like at this point there'd be a hell of a lot of backlash if we, uh, we went back to the more refined style of dining, especially at night time that we were doing. What's the response been like to this model that you created in the first lockdown and you've brought it back again? Um, is, it, is the response different? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, this time, this time around um, there's been – there's been not so much apprehension to the to the model, but there's been apprehension to the situation down here. Um, I think everyone uh, was starting to recognise that, you know, we're, we were getting a little bit closer to the end, you know, the potential end of JobKeeper. Um, you know, I think in this second this second uh, lockdown, you know, there has been a few more people out out our way that have lost their lost their jobs or been stood down. There's a there's a massive tradie community out here. Um, so I think through the through the first lockdown, um, you know, coming into the end of the financial year, there was a lot of projects that have already been greenlit. Um, so I think that, um, you know, that was holding everybody over. Um, and I th- but I think this time, um, you know, with, with the rate um, of infection, with the, the, how quickly this moved on everybody, um, I think there was, a, there was definitely a drop in confidence. Um, you know, even out here where we're a little bit more insulated, we're a little bit more sheltered, um, from the volatility of town. So, um, you know, that's that I think now with the latest announcements um, will hopefully bounce back a little bit um, to, our, to our first uh, lockdown levels because um, they were pretty, pretty sustainable. Um, we were sort of back to operating at about, you know, 40 or, 40 or 50% most weeks, which, you know, for us, um, you know, that's 40 or 50% of, you know, average turnover, um, which for us, you know, it, it worked. It was work, it was working. It was a, it was a model that we could sustain. Um, you know, it meant having to to shift into. You know, I'm on the floor all five days, and then I'm in the kitchen for the two nights of takeaway. Um, you know, we've got basically no no casual hours at the mo- at the moment. Unfortunately, you know, just a few picking and packing and and things like that on the evenings. Um, you know, during those peak service times. Um, and then just carrying, you know, one in the kitchen, one full-timer in the kitchen and, you know, supporting them through this. So, you know, they've, they've put in a huge amount of work, um, you know, to, to sort of back us and, um, and, you know, and support us. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely like a little family out here. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 definitely been um, uh, an interesting sort of period for us. What's it like being a restaurant just in a normal trading period, not in the pandemic? That's not quite a regional restaurant, you know, close enough to the city to to get day trippers. Um, but you kind of are regional. What's some of the challenges involved in that? Well, I mean, yeah, you're not you're not quite regional. So, but I mean, I guess I guess for us, the the Yarra is a bit of a it's almost a bit of an anomaly that you do get those, um, you know, you do get those day trippers. There's a lot of traffic out here. Um, you know, even during the week, there's a lot of tours. There's a lot of um, a lot of that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, where our model doesn't try and compete with the winery restaurants um, and you know a lot of the other attractions where you know we're complementary to a lot of that. Um, you know, our daytime offering is sort of you know. Um, just a sort of a really solid cafe offering. Um, you know, it's it's not so much my background, but you know, when we when we looked at opening this venue, um, you know, we really wanted to make sure that at the end of the day, you know, it's a business. It's a you know, we need to keep the doors open. Um, so we we sort of really had to engage engage the locals. We had a, a solid look at what what was out here um, and what we could do to complement that. Um, so we've been very fortunate with with the site that we that we had come up. We weren't um, we weren't actually initially looking at coming out all the way out to Yarragalen. We um, we live in the outer suburbs anyway, um, so we're sort of looking a little closer to us. Um, so not quite, you know, still sort of outer suburbs, not quite as far out. But um, you know, we had a really solid site come up. Um, it's an old old bank, um, so you know it's over a hundred years old and. Um, it's a it's a really cool spot. I mean, it can be quite challenging. Um, it can be quite challenging to manage um, everything else that's going on. Um, we've been pretty pretty um, flexible with with how we've gone. Um, I mean, the 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 vibe out here, I guess, as well, is that um, you know there's a huge amount of BMBs. There's a huge amount of other um, other um, you know places to stay, so we really wanted to make sure that we were going to be able to service those um, those those other those other attractions and other things like that. Um, so we just had to sort of find our niche um, pretty quickly as well, because um, we had the you know at the start of the year as well. You know we weren't we weren't fire affected fortunately enough this time around, but there's still um, after the last you know super severe. Um, fires that we, we still have a bit of that association so you know once the fires do start up or anything you know like that does start to happen there's a bit of smoke around things like that Pre people get pretty apprehensive um, you know traveling out to the valley even though we're even though we're only an out from Melbourne um, you know it, that definitely plays a massive part so you know we're already um, trading a little bit softer than we were anticipating um, leading into the start of this year and um, you know, things were things were building um, reasonably well, um, but yeah, I mean, it's as soon as as soon as you know, there's any sort of volatility, um, people do do start to can the can the day trips pretty quickly, um, and then I mean, as well as that, you know, you've got all the other standard stuff of being out of town, you know, deliveries, um, you know, that sort of fell away once uh, once the pandemic started a little bit. Um, you know, you, we were trying to do the right thing by our suppliers and, you know, make sure we pay down all um, all our outstanding invoices as quickly as possible and, and things like that to, you know, make sure we don't have any have any outstandings um, sitting out there. Um, 
So you know, we were doing a lot of a lot of you know runs into town to to pick up stock and things like that to take the pressure off everybody. Um, but you know, you, that's that's sort of something that you know we we are fortunate enough that we're close enough that we can do that. I mean, if we we're much further out, it would um, have definitely made life a lot more challenging. That's for sure. How are you feeling at the moment with what's going on in Melbourne and your reliance on the customers from Melbourne moving forward? Um, what, what's your thoughts? Um, it's to be honest, every the the, the feeling that I've, I'm getting from from a lot of the the customers that we do still have, um, and the you know talking to a lot of fr- a lot of other friends in town and and things like that, you know, we're sort of you know trying to band together and you know. You're definitely you're checking in all the time and seeing how everyone's going and you know what their plans are and how they're sort of combating um, you know any of the volatility around. Um, there's there's definitely a sense that or definitely a feeling that um, you know people kind of want a, a decision you know a fairly definitive decision made. Um, you know it it feels a little like you know we're we're going to go in circles for a while. Um, and I think that's the that's been the hardest part is that you know for for us my feeling on it is that you know with a little bit more I mean you know there's no there's no roadmap for any of this so with a little bit more notice I think everybody would have been able to plan in uh, into a lockdown a bit better nobody would have been carrying as much stock um, you know people wouldn't wouldn't have outlaid I mean I've I've taken to running it you know and it's it, it hamstrings us at times that. You know, we don't we don't order until the night before. You know, we reopen. Um, we carry no stock um, through the weekend. We're you know we're running at an absolute skeleton, just in case they do they do decide on a you know on a Wednesday that you know things are changing or you know because we're closed from um, from Monday to Wednesday. Um, you know, if, if you get an announcement on um, on a Monday or whatever um, that you you know as of Wednesday night you, you're not going to be able to operate anymore. You know, we can't afford to carry a couple of thousand dollars worth of stock. Um, you know, or or be organising. You know, getting that far out in advance and organising menus weeks in advance. Um, hence why the the model that we're currently running with the the you know the changing themes and the the differing menus every week is kind of. Um, you know, worked in our favour. It lets us run, you know, extremely tight. Um, you know, and we do, we do just sell out. Um, you know, we prepare enough food for what we think we're going to do, and the, you know, the average amount of customers that we we've been yeah, um, getting over the last couple of weeks. And um, and you know, we we essentially just say, you know, guys, make sure you get in early. Um, you know, make sure you pre-order. Make sure you know you're you're settled and you know you're organised because otherwise you're going to miss out. And there's been. You know, I think that's probably what's um, held us in pretty good stead as well. Going um, the way we've been going is that you know people people now recognise that you know as soon as the menu goes up on social media um, on a Friday morning, you know if the menu goes up at 10 a.m. and I'm getting phone calls and emails at at five past ten with people placing their order for for Friday and even and Saturday nights because you know otherwise they're going to miss out. Um, you know, so there's there's been that uh, bit of FOMO. Um, out here for a lot of our a lot of our uh, our regulars, and they've you know they've got um, you know their favourite cuisines, so they ask when they're coming back, and we sort of rotate through those pretty well, um, you know. So you've got sort of I think we've got about I think eight or nine different cuisines that we kind of rotate through, and then you sort of start playing the most popular ones off against each other, and um, you know really uh, you know 
really get everybody engaged and involved and it's um it's really lovely to see and then you know as we came out of that first lockdown um you know people were people were ordering for groups it was um it actually it was getting a little um it's getting a little out of control for the kitchen like we were you know we we're having people ordering for you know the max maximum number of people they could have at their house and all of a sudden you've got you know four and five hundred dollar takeaway orders and um wow you know think things are things are getting real um so More of those please yeah abs- absolutely absolutely and you know we were doing batched cocktails um you know and a bit of takeaway booze and things like that so we've um you know we we're very fortunate fortunate in our licensing here as well so um, you know, we've, yeah, we, we sort of made that, made that sort of shift pretty quick and, um, and just, and just embraced it, um, to be honest. But, um, I guess, I guess the second time around now, um, the, the hardest part, I think, you know, being a chef, but being on the floor and being an owner and, you know, being in a smaller town is you, you have the same, you have the same conversation 20 times a day now. It's, you know, what are you doing? How's it, how's it going? How are you feeling? And, you know, it's really nice that everyone's sort of, you know, reaching out and, you know, asking how you're going when they come in to get their coffee. But the, um, I'm not going to lie, the, the unwavering positivity uh, is starting to wear a bit thin, um, you know, because nobody wants to come in and get a coffee and, you know, be chatting to a sad sack in the morning, <laughs> you know. So, so that, that's, that's probably at the moment... Uh, you know, just just trying to stay stay positive in the face of you know uns, you know continuing uncertainty um, is probably the thing that's starting to to, to wear on me. Um, you know, in the kitchen you can kind of hide from it. You you know, as I think as chefs sometimes we don't appreciate the amount of um, the amount of work and um, and putting on a happy face and you know essentially faking it till you make it that the that front of house have to do. So it's um, that's certainly been um, an enlightening experience, shall we say. How does a young kid that did his apprenticeship on the Gold Coast end up owning a restaurant in the Yarra? Um, I well, when I when I was when I was living on the coast, I um, you know there was there was a bit going on in Brizzy, but um, outside of that, there wasn't a huge amount going on. And um, you know, I finished my apprenticeship pretty early. I um, I did a school based school based apprenticeship and finished high school and, um, and all that sort of jazz and then, um, then decided I'd go to ski seasons and, you know, because I, you know, working, working your guts off being, you know, being an apprentice, you, you miss out on, you know, your late teens, early 20s if you're not careful. So I decided that I was going to toddle off and, um, you know, did the usual meta, meta girl, moved to Melbourne where there was a bit more going on and um, the first place I actually worked down here was out in the Yarra Valley at a at a winery restaurant, so you know there was there was that affinity with working um, working out of town, and I really enjoyed sort of living outside of outside of Melbourne city, and you know I wasn't wasn't much of a party animal or anything like that, and um, you know looked after I after I moved from the valley, um, I was very fortunate enough to to get a uh, a job in the in the inner suburbs with um, uh, with with Robin Bromwin Cabord. Um, at Maricote and that sort of really, um, that was, that was game changing for me. That, um, really highlighted what I wanted out of sort of out of my career. And as a, as a restaurateur, like I couldn't think of, I couldn't think of better people, better operators, um, than those guys, you know, that, that dining room, you know, bronze, bronze level of services, you know, I think something that, that anybody can aspire to and, you know, running the two man, the two-man crew um, in this 
dog boxes of bloody kitchen at at Maricote and Northcote, you know, with Rob, you know, I um I did I don't I think I lost about 15 kilos when I started there, and you know just pushing on pushing on like an animal, and you know Rob doesn't mind a few um few textures and a few techniques either, so you know it was a very very steep learning curve. I think I was in the weeds for the first sort of five months um, before I started to find my feet. So um, and then you know from there we um you know we pushed on, and Rob went to Key, and you know I got the opportunity to to run Maricote and, and work one-on-one -on -one with Bron a lot and, um, you know, learn a huge amount. Um, and then, yeah, from there we sort of, you know, we're looking at opening something else um, and, you know, the, the market was a little volatile and, you know, rents in the city were, you know, just unmanageably high and um, so I kind of sat on it for a bit um, and then I sort of, you know, decided that, you know, we were going to look at starting a family and all the rest of it. Um, so we started looking for a looking for a site, and we're looking in you know sort of the outer suburbs of Melbourne, sort of you know 35, 40 minutes out where we live, and you know there's nothing sort of that's particularly refined in the area that we're in. So we're looking at that, and yeah, we're just fortunate that uh, a place I was consulting for, the owners live out in the valley, and you know let me know that um, that this site was up and available um, that we're in now in Yarra Glen, and um, yeah, we moved from there, and you know there was a little bit of sweet talking, a little bit of um, you know, the face-to-face -face that we got, um, you know, like we didn't, realistically, we probably didn't really have enough money to open a restaurant and, um, you know, it was our, it was our first, our first go around, uh, around the track and it's, um, I mean, it's, you know, we, we wasted plenty of money on stuff that we thought was important the, at the start, um, as you do as a first-time restaurateur and, you know, we've, we've got a huge, um, a hugely important support network, um, you know, people around us that, you know, are very good at being extremely blunt, um, you know, telling us what what's working, what's not, you know, and just just sort of helping us to hold ourselves accountable. So, you know, we were we were pretty lucky, and you know, and Rob and Bron were a big part of that as well. Um, you know, great sanity board. You know, Bron wrote the you know wrote the opening list, the wine list, and um, you know, and still gives me a push on that. Um, when I, when I need it and, you know, I still talk to Rob about how I'm going and how I'm feeling about it and, you know, he came and did opening weekend and, yeah, so it's, um, it was a bit of a community project to get it open realistically, you know, we just called on a huge amount of, of our friends that all have different skill sets and, you know, builders and, um, and plumbers and sparkies and architects and all the rest of it. So, it, um, you know, it was a very humbling experience to know that we had that many people around us and, um, Oh, and we and then we you know we had a had a baby five weeks before we opened, which was a you know great idea as well. So it's um <laughs> wow. it's been it's been uh, it's been an interesting first twelve months, that's for sure. You've been cooking all sorts of cuisines during the pandemic. Um, you've been forced to uh, try a new model to to survive. But can you tell us a bit about Heartswood and and what you actually pre-pandemic were, were offering the market? So Heartswood. Um, as a as its initial concept um, was you know sort of an upmarket cafe I guess during the day um, you know there's there's uh, there's plenty of other little cafes and things like that around um, but nothing nothing to the level that we were sort of looking to do um, you know we thought you know we need to have the best coffee in town um, you know we need to do a really solid food offering something that sort of highlights a bit of local produce. Um, you know, without sort of, without getting too hung up. Um, you know, Bron wrote a list that, um, you know, really championed the, um, 
you know, sort of new wave or next gen sort of producer or some, you know, some of the guys and guys and girls that are uh, sort of out on their own. And, um, you know, that was, so that was the focus, you know, it was, you know, us out on our own doing our own thing, you know, trying to support people that were, you know, essentially doing the same. Um, so that was, you know, that was our sort of daytime, our core daytime sort of stuff. And then, um, you know, we, would, we decided we'd do, um, you know, just two nights a week, um, Fridays and Saturdays, um, you know, to cater for that crowd out here that was, you know, the foodies visiting the valley, you know, people coming out for, for anniversaries or weekends or weddings and whatever else. Um, so, you know, we, we would turn the, you know, we essentially turned the volume up on that. My, you know, obviously my background's a little bit more in refined refined dining. So, you know, me slinging eggs, um, you know, whilst, you know, at the end of the day, like you've just got to pay the bills and that's something that we sort of really you know, identified at the start that, you know, that had to, that would be the, the part of the business that, that really carried us um, and enabled me to cook the food that I wanted to cook at night. So, you know, when we got to the nighttime stuff, you know, the, the, cloth, the you know, cloth napkins and, you know, um, full wine service and all that sort of jazz um, sort of started to kick in. And, you know, it was definitely, um, definitely cooking for people out of town rather than embracing the locals at night. Um, you know, me cooking a bit more for me um, and, and sort of really starting to sort of challenge people with, with some of the food we were doing, you know, we're doing a, um, you know, like a smoked deal, um, smoked deal lasagna and things like that just to, you know, something that I'd sort of worked on a little bit leading into it. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, all the best parts of a, um, you know, of a standard lasagna but, you know, a little nice little twist and, you know, lovely and smoky and, you know, still a little bit of, you know, it's a little bit of smoked bacon and things like that in there and a bit of kohlrabi instead of pasta and, you know, so, you know, got people sort of thinking about what they were, what they were eating and, um, you know, things just, you know, oxtail donuts, you know, who would have thought, you know, braise down oxtail, delicious on its own, then shove it inside some brioche and deep fry it. Like, you know, that was one of those ones where it was like, oh yeah, cool. This is a, this is a pretty solid idea. Um, you know, so we started going through a fair few of those pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, I think that that as a model was, um, was holding us in pretty good stead and, you know, people were starting to, you know, find out about us and, you know, we didn't, you know, obviously doing it on our own essentially, we, um, you know, there's no marketing budget, there's no, you know, there's no paying PR, there's none of that sort of stuff, you know, there's a few, few emails at the start and we got a, you know, a little bit of traction with, um, with a couple of the reviewers and things like that, which was really lovely, and you know, a couple of little write-ups and bits and pieces and mentions. But you know, essentially, it was a lot of word of mouth and a lot of um, you know, a bit of social media here and there. But I mean, I'm rubbish with social media as it is. So you know, being in the kitchen all the time, I I just don't allocate the the time for that. So it's been that's been another another little learning curve curve over the last couple of months. But um, yeah, I think. Um, I think then having to make that switch to go to go more casual, we um, we tried the first week of lockdown doing takeaway as you know Hartswood food as as we would like to, um, and we did get a few with um, a few people um, come and come and, and sort of embrace that. But it was it was already the people who would come and dine with us on a semi regular basis anyway, so. Um, you know, we realised pretty quickly after about the tenth phone call, asking if we had the daytime, you know, buttermilk fried chicken burger on the nighttime menu, that um, we were probably going to need to make a shift. Uh, so that was that was a pretty pretty interesting sort of 
um, week where we had to, you know, redefine what we were um, and really just sort of, we really just had to embrace it. There was no, there was no if, buts or maybes. It was like either, it was essentially either make it work or shut the, you know, shut it down. Um, and, at, you know, after only being open for, you know, seven months or whatever it was, eight months, um, you know, there was, there was, there, there wasn't really a choice there. In the first year of owning your first restaurant, you had your first child and, and a pandemic. What's, what's the impact been on you personally? Um, I'm, uh, it's been, it's been challenging. I mean, from a personal standpoint, I don't get hung up on, on a lot. Um, I don't, I try not to get, you know, let to dwell on things and let things get to me. Um, I'm pretty good at, at not taking work home with me. Um, and I also, I also made a really conscious decision being our first restaurant as well, that I wasn't going to necessarily get too emotionally invested in the business or as much as you, as much as you can as a, as a, as a first time business owner, um, which, which is pretty hard and sounds pretty cold, but you know, at the end of the day, the failure rate of restaurants, if you're not switched on, um, is pretty, is pretty bloody high. So, you know, that was, that was sort of, you know, that realistic, um, approach, um, I think certainly helped, um, it's, and having, to be honest, having, having the, having the baby as a, um, as a distraction at times, you know, you go home on the weekend and if you have a, you had a quiet week or, you know, something you weren't quite happy with something or, you know, there's a bill came in that you weren't expecting or, you know, things like that, you know, things, just the little things that you, you know, you think you've planned for as a, as a first time restaurateur and, you know, all of a, all of a sudden it, you know, creeps up and bites you in the ass. Um, you know, having, having her at home and my partner at home, you know, that it, there was just, it just provided a, a lot of perspective, to be honest, um, you know, and, and also gave me something, you know, apart from just trying to keep the restaurant open, you know, something to push for, um, you know, uh, we could have, you know, realistically, you know, there's plenty of people out there that, you know, could have looked at this pandemic and just thought, no, this is the good, this is a good time to get out. You know, it's, it's just all a bit too, a bit too hard. And, um, that was certainly, you know, we we definitely looked at looked at the numbers um, at what we what we would need to do to to make it all work, um, and that was a pretty sobering kind of you know moment where we looked at where we're at. Um, we looked at the way the business was building because we were building pretty solidly from sort of um, I guess from. Uh, Australia Day long weekend through till well through till they cancelled the Grand Prix so we were we you know we were feeling we were feeling really solid at that point um, as soon as they cancelled the Grand Prix that was that was it that was you know they that was that cut our legs out from under us pretty quickly um, and obviously you know then from there everyone makes the shift but um, yeah that I guess from from my perspective on that it was. Um, it was just you, know, you 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 remove the element of choice, um, and you just have to get on with it. You know, if you start dwelling on it, you're you wind up a couple of weeks behind, and all of a sudden, you know, you're you're further in the hole than you thought you were, and um, you know you, you'll come unstuck pretty quickly. Um, but in saying that as well, you know, we've got a I got a pretty um, pretty solid support network of of chef friends and things like that, and you know, so I was getting a lot of text messages, you know. Um, 
asking how we were going and you know how the business was and how we we're feeling about it so you know it's it was nice that you know everyone sort of were really checking in on how we were doing um and it sort of made me a little bit more even more determined to to make sure we see the other side of this you've had to change your offering to survive during the pandemic do you think it'll change what you do moving forward with the restaurant um i think it will to be honest i can't see us going back to where we were anytime soon i i I think that to be honest i think there'd be a bit too much backlash you know it's been it's been that thoroughly embraced by the local community especially that it would be a really hard justification to just go back to what we were doing um we've got a we're, we're very fortunate. We've got a very interesting building. It's um, it's two stories. Um, there's a you know a front footpath trading area that's quite large. Um, there's three separate dining rooms downstairs. So we seat about 38 downstairs inside. Um, at the moment, that's you know well when we were having dine in again um, because of the shape and size of the rooms, it actually only shook out to 16. So that was a a challenge in itself. But um, with the with the upstairs area as well, we you know whether we run functions and things like that in the future, it's something that we, you know, had had looked at, um, but hadn't sort of hadn't been in the position to sort of move on um, just yet. But the the conversation has definitely been there that um, you know uh, we we may look at doing the more refined dining again, but just offering it um, upstairs and making that almost like a you know, almost like a separate entity to, to the rest of it and, you know, extremely limited numbers, you know, 10 or 12, 10 or 12 seats, um, set menu only and sort of give me the opportunity to, to play um, and cook the food that, that I would really like to be cooking again. But, um, yeah, I definitely think that the model that we've shifted to is, is probably here to stay realistically. Um, it's just... It just doesn't make financial sense to go to go backwards. Um, I think increasing increasing the offering, um, you know, and, diver- and diversifying is is what's going to to make sure that you know we have a viable business, um, even if things do stay quite volatile for quite a long time. So um, that's definitely you know definitely a positive that we've taken from it. It's and it's and it's really being where we are. You know, the pub closed down. Um, and did a big refurb and things like that for their, you know, the first that first lockdown. So, you know, we had a we essentially had a, a very captive audience um, out here. So, it's we definitely um, it definitely enabled us to put our food in front of people who who probably thought we were a little bit too fancy at the start too. That you know we hadn't we hadn't garnered their trust yet. We hadn't sort of had the opportunity to to sort of really be embraced by them. And I think that at this point. Um, you know those those guests that we now have. You know we we know their names, we know their kids. You know we know what they've been up to. We know you know where they're working and you know how how they've been getting along through through this whole thing. So I think it sort of ingrained us to the um, to the community a lot. Um, so I th- yeah, you know I think at this point um, we would be remiss to to just give that all away. Um, for the sake of getting back to what we were doing and essentially for the sake of, you know, for ego, realistically. Um, so, yeah. There's no doubt that the impact on the industry is um, pretty brutal and particularly the Victorian one. 
what what do you see moving forward? Are the positives coming out of this for the industry and and for yourself? Um, I would like to think that you know everybody will have sort of reassessed their business. They'll have looked at where they are and, and where they were and how, where they want to be. Um, I'd like to think that it will enable a lot of businesses to sort of, you know, keep a bit more liquidity in their business. I mean, you know, margins are margins are tight like everybody talks about. Um, but I think the, the sitting on terms for 30, 60, whatever, you know, however long you've got on terms, I don't... I just don't see that as being a, a viable option long term. I, I mean, you know, you've, you can wind up in such a bad position so quickly, um, you know, with a downturn like this. Um, and I think that that sort of thing, you know, it's just, it's just no, it's a, it's a false economy, really. You know, you've got, yeah, just it just makes everything so much more volatile. So I think, you know, if people people can, you know, reassess their business model and and sort of um, and sort of, you know, embrace the either, you know, COD if they, you know, if they can or, um, you know, extremely limited terms, you know, so we're on seven days with, with uh, pretty much all our suppliers, um, you know, and even if we're not, we sort of, you know, move through our invoices, um, you know, within sort of that, that sort of seven day period regardless. Um, and, you know, I think it just, it gives you a better snapshot of your, of your business, um, you know, for us anyway, as, as first-time operators, it's, you know, something that, you know, we've definitely learned over the last sort of, um, you know, four or five months um, is that, you know, it, it, it is really important to sort of look at the week-to-week -week and sort of, you know, plan out, you know, how you might, um, how you might increase the turnover or whether, whether it's worth um, increasing our turn or our, um, our production against, you know, having to put, the extra staff member or two on or, you know, trying to stand people back up. Um, so I think that's going to be, that's going to be an interesting one moving forward. And I think, um, you know, the dining, the dining public, especially out here, you know, where um, I'm pretty transparent with how our business is going. Um, you know, I'm not scared of sharing numbers with, with the, with the, the customers that we have, you know, um, you know, they're, they're pretty important to seeing, obviously pretty important to seeing us succeed long term. And, um, you know, I guess being open and honest with, with our position because, you know, you, you do get people come out here and they see that, you know, we're busy on the weekend and they can't get a table and whatever else. And, you know, so we must be making a bloody fortune. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, pre-COVID just didn't realise exactly how, how much work goes into it for restaurants and how expensive it is. And, you know, that we were saying to them, you know, coming out of that first lockdown, you know, they're like, oh, you know, you're really excited to get people dining in again. And I'm like, well, to be honest, you know, takeaway's been doing pretty well. We're, we're actually not that excited. You know, the, the prospects of how quickly we could, you know, start losing money if we're not careful is, you know, especially with a lot of venues opening back up and, you know, people that didn't see the takeaway model as a, as a viable option for them. You know, I think... Um, I think us sort of being open and honest about where we're at as a business and, and, and what it actually costs us to, to operate, you know, the day, the week to week, um, you know, people just don't realise a lot of the, or didn't realise a lot of the time exactly how much money it costs to open the doors or how much money it costs to close the doors. You know, if you don't trade, um, you know, if you don't have any sort of offset, 
Um, so I think that that's, a, that's definitely a positive for us um, coming out of this is that, you know, people are really people are really engaged with our business and they're really invested in seeing us succeed. Um, you know, it's, it's a small town. There's not, you know, there's a few other cafes and stuff. There's not a lot of options. And, you know, at the end of the day, Yarra, Yarra Glen's kind of competing with Healesville, um, which, you know, is absolutely hammering on the weekend. So I think they're pretty happy that they've got their own little, little slice of something that's, um, you know, um, that's, that's, that's worth going to and, you know, that they can really embrace and that they can say, you know, suck a fat one, Hillsville, we've got this, you don't. So, you know, I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's, been, that's, been, that's been really, really nice. You know, I mean, you know, it's not, you know, we're never trying to com- compete with another bloody town, but, um, you know, I, I feel like that, um, you know, people have really gotten on board with that and, um, you know, they're, they're definitely making sure that, um, you know, we're going to be here to stay, so... Well, Matt, you've had a hell of a first year as a restaurateur, but um, you certainly sound like you're on top of everything. Um, really appreciated the chat today. Um, please keep in touch and let us know how things go moving forward, especially you know with Victoria, with you know the fact that the um, cases are still spiking and it's it's, it's a real challenge. But um, love chatting today. Keep in touch. Yeah, thanks so much, mate. Thank you for having me. It's been much appreciated. And, you know, we really appreciate you guys putting in so much work to bring this podcast um, to, to everybody. It's been, you know, really inspiring and really enlightening to hear, you know, other people talk about their stories as well. Awesome, mate. Talk soon. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospital community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.